0: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Welcome to the Mo Show Podcast, episode 30. Uh, my guest today is the founder of Niche Arabia, an award-winning luxury communications and marketing agency, advising brands specifically on the Saudi market while offering international expertise in strategic planning, communications, and implementation. Today, she's involved in two nonprofit organizations that she founded herself: first one called Under the Abaya, second one called Saudi Style Council. A platform for local creatives please welcome my guest mariam musalli
1: thanks mo thanks for having me
0: thanks so much for coming on the show mariam how are you doing
1: well alhamdulillah good good working working but, you know yeah. surviving
0: <laughs> aren't we all yeah. aren't we all you initially didn't start off in fashion when you had your career going 17 years ago you started in
1: I started in, I mean, just writing. I think uh, my career started with content development. And from there, I got recruited by, you know, Amoharid Dalmaina, mm-hmm. one, one of your previous guests. Mm-hmm. and Arb, it kind of, Yeah, Arab news. And it just kind of evolved from there. So he took a chance on a young kid wanting to be heard, I guess. I think my, you know, my mission has always been to tell the authentic, um, you know, narrative of Saudi. You know, when I came in into that field in early 2000s, It was interesting that even as local media, we were copy pasting stuff from the wires about our own story. We weren't telling it ourselves. And, you know, it was a really unique time where we shifted, you know, our country from our fathers and our grandfathers that were really about the establishment. You know, they were the foundation, like not the founders, but the foundation of Saudi Arabia. So you had your, you know, your engineers, your business administrators, your architects. And our generation was kind of the the free ones the ones that could be creative the DJs the the writers the you know the fashion designers so it was a really interesting time and I wanted to reflect that in our media mm,
0: there was a bit, bit of mold breaking I think in our in our generation you know we didn't go the conventional route of uh, businessman or um, you know or gold trader or whatever like you know exactly. we started you know being a little bit more adventurous i think
1: exactly i mean i think we had that confidence of what we wanted to show the world about saudi and i think that's what's so interesting about right now is that we finally have that opportunity i think we all have been doing it kind of on our own you know with our friends and our social groups as we travel abroad but this is the first time you know the history of saudi where the doors are opened and now we're inviting people to see our country and what we love about it so much
0: what an exciting time um a little bit about when you started 17 years ago in the fashion business um god all of a sudden i'm sorry to point (laughs) out that uh, it's been 17 years um but how far away are
1: these cameras uh
0: it's um obviously obviously a lot has changed in anything in 17 Mm. years but but from what you've seen how much has that industry changed uh from when you started compared to today
1: well i you know fashion has always been something that's been quote-unquote halal like a woman can do it she can have her female tailor she can have her female customer so it's been something that's always been around in saudi but i think the difference with fashion and kind of every industry now is that it's no longer taboo to put a face to it you know it's that's no longer um i'm Maryam musali and i'm very proud of it and i'm proud to show myself out there in public whereas before i think it was still kind of considered a bit uh yeah, like taboo, yeah. Or, you know. So I think that's definitely shifted. Um, and our and again, that whole idea of keeping our heritage and our culture, we're very proud of it. It's not something where you know before everything was you go to the west, you get validated there, and then you come back. Now you're seeing company names where that are you know Arab in Arabic. It's mm-hmm. not in uh, English. It's not a French story or founded in Italy when it's made. You know downtown. Mm-hmm. You know they're proud to have that um, that history. And so I, I really think that, you know, hashtag uh, Made in KSA is, is really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. really kind of a cool shift that I've seen in the past few
0: years. Yeah, that's an interesting initiative, actually, the whole Made in Saudi yeah, Arabia definitely. movement that was announced recently.
1: Definitely. I mean, some of my favorite brands now, in, especially in the beauty sector, are, are Saudi, you know, made from like dates from Medina mm-hmm. or, you know, the vanilla that we have here. So, I mean, it's just really cool to see all of these locally made truly, products. Truly, yeah. Absolutely. truly.
0: Um, absolutely. The rigidity of barriers to entry for the up-and-coming fashion entrepreneurs entering the space in Saudi easier to to break through today with um with I mean ease of business business friendly is it easier easier today or or when you were getting started?
1: You know, it's funny. I used to always get asked that question even back then. Like as a Saudi woman, how hard is it? You know, or difficult? And I would tell you that. I had, I mean, maybe I was just lucked out, but because I was female, doors were open for me, and it was that they really always, you know, whether it was private sector or even governmental, they encouraged us. The hard part was proving yourself once you stepped through those doors. Mm. And, you know, I didn't want to be there because of nepotism. I didn't want to be there because I knew someone or because I just had a green passport and X Y chromosome. I wanted to mm. be there because I was good yeah. as a writer or as a, you know, brand consultant. And so I think that now, definitely, those those hurdles aren't there where you know the bureaucracy or let's say, you know, all of these ty- different kind of obstacles in terms of registering your company and everything, that's definitely, you know, easier. But then with that comes more competition. Yeah. And, you know, now you have to be more authentic. Now you can't just copy paste mm-hmm. anymore. Whereas before it was like, take any business idea, assimilate it to Saudi, and then you're, you're set to go. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, too. I, I'm definitely an entrepreneur, and I think that that's also okay. But in terms of you're speaking specifically about you know creativity, um, I think authenticity is always going to be the thing that for sells. Sure.
0: More competition now, yeah, you know. Exactly. So, yeah. um, um, but but it has been easier for women, um, you know, to to open a company or to Definitely, you know yeah. to 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 head a business. Um, more is is independence the word like we need to hit
1: definitely i mean i think that you know before when i registered my company over you know 15 years ago i sent baba i was like here's my you know i filled out the form though okay guys but then i sent my father to go do it and you know, now I go into that, you know, those buildings, those governmental buildings, and I'm confident, and, you know, they don't look at me strange. It's, it's really inviting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's amazing. And I mean, also, it's online now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thank God for Upshot. <laughs> it's
0: crazy what a decade can yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. Um, furthermore, to uh, your, your role in, in getting involved with, you know, women empowerment and everything mm-hmm. that, uh, that that belongs in that area, you, you, you led a first uh, sports day where you had 10,000 ladies attend yes. an event. Yeah. I, I, I need yeah to hear about so that. this
1: was um, International Women's Day, 2017. Not oh. even that long ago. Yeah. And we wanted to do the first ever public sports day, meaning it would be open to anyone in the public. Of course, females. And we did at Al johada Stadium in Jeddah, which was, you know, historic because at that time women weren't allowed in the stadium. This mm-hmm. was before we were allowed to go for the football games. Um, and so, um, you know, niche came up with the concept A to Z. We worked with our partners at Dar Hikmah, which were amazing. We had over, I think, like 100 uh, uh, volunteers from the university that were just amazing. Mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was this all-woman-led team that was, you know, creating this, this event for women. And I think that's what was so special about it. And we have, of course, you know, Her Royal Highness Princess Rima bin Bender that came and endorsed it. And then after that, it was amazing just to see how there was just this rollout of different like sports events, whether it was yoga, track and field. And I think that's something that, you know, about Saudi that's really unique is that once we kind of prove, um, you know, it's no longer a taboo, yeah. all of a sudden, boom, like millennial speed, we start doing yeah, everything and all at once, you know.
0: Absolutely. It's like when, when I mean, uh, when, when did they allow females into stadiums? I think it was 2018 when yeah, they allowed so it Yeah, right after that, next year, yeah. And imagine how many females said, no, I won't go, you know, to a game uh, in year one, let's just see what happens, yeah, was, and yeah. and and three or four years later, um, I mean, you know, just I've got like family that. members. I mean, I know so yeah. many females that go, and it's no longer a topic. It's no longer males or females. I I, I even I even heard that part of the plans is to to make it uh, completely mixed, so you don't yeah. have the segregation of of women or family section and males. Yeah. like we're at the point now, just like restaurants, mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. they're 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 completely mixed. There's no male section. There's no female 100%. section. And you know you're right, you know once uh, the ball starts rolling, it becomes a lot less taboo,
1: no, and definitely. And I think again, we have to understand that our population is so young, you know seventy percent under the age of thirty, those kids are all like you know looking at their phones yeah. they they're you know there's there's even if they're still segregated, you know, physically, they're not anymore online no, in touch and with so the they're yeah, and they're exposed. It's not like, oh my God, there's an ankle, you know yeah, or whatever, like yeah. you know they are. Um, you know, able to interact. And I think that also has a lot to do with this globalization of us, you know, just traveling everywhere, um, getting more tourists as well into Saudi Mm. and having that, you know, um, that exposure. So, no, I definitely think that, you know, everything is just going to move so fast. I think the challenge will be, how do we retain our authenticity? Mm -hmm. Again, going back to this, like, you know, how do we keep, become not a Disneyland, but really something that has a unique selling point, which I think Saudi does. I mean, Mm. we're, you know, the guardians of Mecca and Medina. So, in that, you know, just in that, we are super lucky and privileged Privileged, to have that.
0: Yeah. Um, Speaking of events coming into Saudi, uh, Middle Beast is something that you uh, were involved in, yeah. in in a big capacity.
1: Definitely, we were we were actually one of the only local companies were able to design our our section. We did the retail section, which was awesome. And then we were involved in the um, regional influencers and media, mm-hmm. and some of the VIP activations. So we kind of took on a lot, and it was great because everyone did. It was like you know six or six or seven different local companies that really came together. Didn't sleep for two months. That's how I lost all my baby weight after my son. Um, And it was, you know, it was a great experience. Um, I don't know if it's something I'll do again, (laughs) but it was definitely-
0: The baby or Middle Beast?
1: Yeah, both. (laughs) (laughs) Off the record, no. no, I think, I think that it was...
0: That was a big event.
1: It was big. And what was awesome about it really was the fact that it was local companies working on this project because mm. we all didn't sleep, but we did it for, you know, with the same mission and we all had that drive and we knew like, we have to make this work. We have to make this successful because this will basically, um, you know, open the doors for so many other things. And alhamdulillah, it did. And I mean, you're seeing that, you yeah, know, if, yeah. if COVID didn't happen, I think we would have just been kept going kept for going. For sure. Um, and now it's just, you know, catch-up time. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. this is an event that happened two years ago and people are still talking about yeah. it today. If it wasn't for COVID, we'd be ha- we'd be having year three, I think, towards the end of this year.
1: Exactly. I have an amazing video of, who was it? I think it was it, uh, David Guetta. Was it David Guetta came or Calvin Harris? I don't even know my guys. Mm. We have to check on this. The I think.
0: big ones? Yeah, I think it was um, the, well, Steve Aoki was there as well. Steve
1: Aoki, but there was one guy. I th- okay, it's David Guetta. David Guetta and then the the Latin guy, the singer.
0: Ricky Martin? Oh my
1: God. Yeah. Okay. Crossed that out. But I was going to say that I have a video of them basically saying this was history. Wow. So these are two big international stars that were backstage and they were talking to each other and they were shaking hands. They're like, can you believe we just did that? That wow. was like, like, that they was making felt history. It. Yeah. I want to say like Manu Chao or some guy like that. Mm-hmm. Shaved head. Singer, pop star. Okay, mm-hmm. never mind.
0: <laughs> I'm re- I'm re- I was
1: not into the music. I was into the logistics. <laughs> Let's edit that out. <laughs> I need
0: to. Uh, I need to be more involved in the music world. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um,
0: but for sure, I mean, that was monumental. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, Michelle Obama inviting you to a gala yes. dinner in 2015 as the only um, Arab.
1: Yep, freedom? I was the only Arab. Uh, well, not yeah, just only Arab professional to represent our region. I got invited by the White House under uh, former. Uh, former First Lady Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. It was called the Gala of Design, and it was basically a fashion industry event. So it had all of, uh, basically everyone from the States, from in, in the fashion world. And it was really an honor to be there. Um,
0: this is huge.
1: It, you know, it was really funny because at the same time, that same month, I went to speak at MIT, and that was what I was excited about. And my mom's like, you're a geek, because the Michelle Obama thing is big. And I was like, mom, whatever. Like, you know, but this thing where I got to speak to MIT you know, students and feel smart was pretty cool. No, it was awesome because it was validation that what i was doing was the right path that i was there to basically you know be a voice for all the creativity that we have here and we have so much and i think a lot of times it's downplayed with whatever agenda the media has at that point whatever topic they want to talk about you mm-hmm. know women driving was the longest one i couldn't go into an interview with people saying well how does it you know feel not to drive i was like great my driver loves it <laughs> you know like i don't know like what, what do you expect me to say and it was it was like i've done so many other things in my career but yet you're still focusing on some you know law that is going to basically be dissolved in a few years and it was
0: so. yeah
1: yeah and now they have to find something else to focus on <laughs> yeah
0: yeah that's just the way the world works yeah. um and, and and with MIT, I wanted to get to that next. Sure. MIT, they called you in. They were like, can you come give a speech?
1: Well, actually, no, I have to give some credit. Unfortunately, oh, no, I'm kidding. It was, uh, it was Edge of Arabia and Cultural Runners. OK, that the, uh, the arts. Yeah, the All art. Right. So they brought me in as an agent of change. Um, so I actually told, talked about why we have black abayas and how this was one of the first like marketing uh, things that happened, where we had this poet who was basically like your Yusuf Islam, mm-hmm. Cat Stevens' character. In seventh century, he retired, went to um, Mecca to kind of be a, a proper Muslim, and his friend comes over from I think it was like you know Persia at that time. Comes down, he's like, I have all this black fabric, but no one's wearing it. All these people are from the Ottoman Empire; they're all wearing these brightly you know dyed colors. What am I gonna do? So he's like, okay, I'm gonna say one poem, like out of retirement, just for you. So it's kind of your first marketing and he talked it's a poem called the woman in black and it's about a guy who's going for prayer but sees this beautiful woman in in a black robe and it basically seduces him away from prayer so all the women started wearing black because this famous poet now did this poem and when the you know the pilgrims would come through they would see all the locals wearing black and so they just thought oh that's for modesty Mm. and it kind of became a trend that never went away and it's really just an interesting story to see how like even back then how you know we were always the center of of fashion and of trends even back then, yeah,
0: it's crazy. Um, do you look back on your days in the media fondly, mm. Arab News?
1: I do, and I, you know, I still, whenever I have a chance, I try to write. I, I miss it. That's one of the things I think that I'm uh, craving these days, mm. especially because I feel like I do have a point of view that's unique, where I get to see all these changes that happened in the last twenty years. You know, not a lot of people saw them firsthand. We have a lot of people just coming back after, you know, going abroad to pursue their dreams, and and you know, coming back now that things have opened up. I was one of those people that I don't know if I was stupid or just really ambitious, but you know, I I stayed here and I did it from the ground up. And um, yeah, I mean, and so I I definitely feel it's a unique perspective to share to people. I mean, I'm upset that my son probably won't believe that women couldn't drive when he gets (laughs) older. He's gonna be like, "Mom, stop, you know, stop joking around." That never happened. I'm like, "No, really, (laughs) like we couldn't." (laughs) Uh,
0: Something about writing. Um, You know, I I follow these life coaches or whatever, and they all seem to have uh, this common. Uh, advice for people you know just something to practice every day and one of them is journaling you know writing down what's in your mind on, on paper and it's funny that you say that even though you're in fashion now you miss writing uh, on, on a daily basis um, you know just a few paragraphs today it's funny how it can put your mind more at ease
1: definitely and i for me I'm not uh, I don't journal but what I do do is I visualize and I think I've done that ever since I was a kid like mm-hmm. let's say I was competing in something I never visualize like actually doing it i was always picturing the reward so like Mm -hmm. maybe it's like kind of like the secret i was doing that since i was a kid but i would always visualize like what you know what would be the outcome what would i wear to the award ceremony when i win the award but it worked i just i
0: just love to live a day in your brain
1: (laughs) my mom mom tells me she's like i remember the first day of kindergarten you came home and and basically she was like how was your first day and i was talking about how the teacher what she was wearing um how the other teacher didn't like her like i was basically gossiping i should have had a gossip (laughs) podcast
0: (laughs) um speaking of writing you authored a book called under the abaya dubbed a peephole into a diverse Saudi fashion scene and the progressive Saudi women who own it. Mm -hmm. What was that like, authoring a book?
1: So it was actually my second book. So I did this other one, Glamour Globals, which was about um, just trends and consumerism in Saudi, um, which I co-authored with three other amazing uh, uh, consultants. Mm. But Under the Abaya was actually... Kind of uh, serendipitous. It just kind of happened. Um, it was February two thousand eighteen. I did it within two weeks. I know that's kind of crazy. Oh, wow. It was basically because it's a it's a street style book, so it's about it's images of women. And what we do is we basically highlight them. And the whole idea for this initiative was to create a a book that people could take home and just kind of visually see that we're different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's we're not just that stereotypical woman all in black, um, you know, walking five feet behind her man mm-hmm. that the media tends to portray us, especially in 2018. Um, and what I did is I just did a call for um, images for people to submit it. And I had over a thousand submissions within a week. It was crazy. And it was really funny because in our release form, we said, okay, do you not want to show your face? We can, you know, do the head crop, which we usually do, you know, for Saudi. And um, 99% said, uh, you know, I want my face shown. And the other 1% said, I want my Instagram at the bottom. Wow. Like, it was crazy to see that shift. And then now we did the second edition, which has over 350 women in it. Um, many of the ones that you've, you've, you know, you've had as guests on your podcast mm-hmm. And um, I mean, just to see the reception and what we did is we actually wrote a paragraph about each of them. So you get to learn about them and their obstacles. Mm -hmm. And it's just been really an awesome like initiative because we don't just end with the book. We have things where we have collaborations with stores where as a female entrepreneur, you could put your product for free. We have, um, you know, workshops that we teaming up with Canon for photographers. Mm. Our first edition, we put five women in school um, for photography, and three of those women are now participants in the second edition. Like they took photos of other women for us.
0: Wow, amazing! It's
1: been really cool. It's it's defi- the definition of women supporting women, and that's why I wanted to create it.
0: You speak very passionately about this project. <laughs> I love it. Any that more answer. books in the pipeline? You want to give us a scoop?
1: Um, any more books? Uh, or no. Or pro- or projects. Oh, any more projects? Definitely. I mean, I, I now I'm working on Saudi Style Council, which I just launched recently. Mm. Um, what that is, it looks at all of the content creators, so your set designers, your creative directors, your stylists, your models, and it's really a non uh, a not for profit trade association that I wanted to create because I have such a network, and I always get DMs, "Ma'am, give me a, you know a stylist, a photographer," and I said, "Why not leverage this network along with you know other people that have these strong networks and give them to locals and let it be things that are." You know, from our point of view, I, I don't want us to execute a brief from uh, abroad. It should be something that we understand. Home, we know our market.
0: Yeah, homegrown. And I
1: think that you know, when we see that, and you're going to start seeing that a lot in the campaigns and the photo shoots, you'll see that that uh, return. It's so much more impactful. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, do you work with the government? Any of the cult I do, We
1: do. We've uh, been really, you know. Uh, alhamdulillah, like really privileged to be able to do a lot of these things with Al commissioner Royal Commission of Al um, you know, Saudi crews, all of these different uh, tourism things. And again, it's just, I'm really passionate about it because that's what I've been trying to do, you know, since the beginning of my career is to show people our country. And so to be able to do that really hands on at this moment is mm-hmm. just really honestly a privilege.
0: Marim, did you do all your schooling in Saudi?
1: I, part of it. So I, I'm a third culture kid. I was born in Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was country manager for Saudi Airlines. So we moved around every three years. So I did Sri Lanka, Korea, Malaysia. Then I moved here for two terms, as I call it. It was like a, an eight year um, long stretch. Mm-hmm. And then I went to boarding school in Switzerland. And then from there, I got a scholarship to George Washington University in, right. in D.C. Yep. Graduated with honors and psychology and film.
0: Amazing. Awesome. But then and then when you moved back to Saudi, uh you you've been there unbroken. You've been here like for the for the entire Yeah.
1: So after I graduated, I actually got accepted to go to Boston University to Hollywood for script writing and I turned it down because I kept deferring it when I was here. And I just got so excited about like really, honestly, of what was going on here. And yeah. a lot of my friends were like, You are stupid. <laughs> like, like what are you talking <laughs> about? Like you should be in Hollywood right now, like even if you do nothing, just go have fun, right? And uh I, you know, I again that nationalism has always been in me, and I think it's because I'm a third culture kid. I think it's because you know my mom's American, my dad's Saudi, and this was the only place I felt like home when I'd come mm. here. You know, for every summer vacation, well, actually it was winter vacation, and um, you just look look forward to it when I you were, did. Me too. Well, think about it. I was kids and we'd go to Al-Maktaba, yeah. and we'd get all the cool pens and stuff. I was into yeah. stationery. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why? <laughs> And then, you know, it was Eids. So we'd come for, you know, for Hajj Eids and stuff. And it was just like amazing because I'd get all this candy and money.
0: Yeah. And (laughs)
1: I like, you know, so yes, (laughs) I loved it. (laughs)
0: Something about it. When we were, when I was in school in England, I'd always look forward to coming back here, being with my cousins. You know, we'd stay up late, 3, 4 a.m., you know, and just you know, beach all day or whatever, but it was something we'd really look forward exactly. to. And
1: I think that's also something really unique to us is that your friends are your family. Like, you know, like my cousins to this day, their best friends are cousins. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Okay, yes, we have friends outside that, but the family unit is just so tight. Yeah, And I mean, even, like I said, living abroad all my life, I still feel that closeness with them. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, it's, it's great. can't put a price on it. Oh, yeah. um, I know we've seen so much, so much change happen here. Is there something that you'd want to see um, in the not too distant future, something that change you'd want to see.
1: I mean, I think that what's great about right now is that we've kind of gone beyond the whole first thing, and I think yeah. it would be amazing for us to start, you know, competing internationally and go and striving to be the best. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things that I always tell, you know, the girls that work at my company is that you know, let's start being, you know, good, not just for this region, but good internationally, mm-hmm. you know, to strive for that, you know, every like you need to compare yourself with everyone now because we are so globalized as, as a country. I mean, yeah. not as a country, sorry, as, a, as a planet, like, you know, with social media, with, you know, the way we communicate just right connected. now. I mean, I'm sure even with your viewership, it's not just, you know, this this region, mm-hmm. you're getting everyone from, you know, Brazil, yeah. China. And yeah. I think that's what's so interesting. Mm-hmm. And and because of that, there's more um, you know, there's more competition There's more yeah. There's higher standards I don't
0: think there's ever been A better time to understand cultures And have tolerance Definitely. for
1: them Definitely you know,
0: because of the, the, the power Of what YouTube has Or, or an audio um, uh, podcast platform has You can reach anyone from You know, anywhere in the world Definitely. And they'll have opinion about Your culture Based on what you'll show them
1: 100%. Um
0: So super interconnected, more than more than ever before.
1: Definitely. I mean, I used to tell people, if you have a public account on social media, you are listed in unofficial ambassador of Saudi Arabia because people are interested mm. in it, and um, you know, unfortunately, you're the only kind of people into it because you know it, it's been so closed off and now that it's opened you know there is that interest yeah. it's very enigmatic you know as a country there's you know a lot of rumors that circulated uh, you know Lawrence of Arabia kind of stuff and now it's like but then we have Neom you know and now we have Alola and, and all of these things that are so I mean you know I always tell people it's not Saudi's time to catch up it's Saudi's time to lead mm-hmm. and we will because we have that support from the government we have that support from even you know just friends and, and family like you know everyone wants to do something and we're hungry it. Exactly. for it you know when i was a kid i remember i was at the american school here and so most of the kids were foreigners and you know there was always like some type of teasing about saudi and i was always that kid like well then you know if you don't like it leave you know yeah. <laughs> like you know third grade like getting all angry <laughs> and now it's so funny because now i feel like this is finally where i get to show people why i'm so obsessed with saudi yeah. you know i was able to do things here that i couldn't do abroad you know when i first moved back here you know, I got this job, this amazing job at Arab News, where if I was anywhere else, I'd be serving coffee for a good year, you know, before I got that chance to write a front page story. And I that? got that, you know, that How about that?
0: That's crazy. Uh, pretty cool, Maryam. Um, I mean, the, when I think of Maryam Musali today, I think of her as, as a person heavily involved in fashion all right and i know that um you know inshallah one day when you're blessed with a daughter and if she wants to get into it (laughs) you will uh you know you'll have a few words of advice in 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 what to tell her uh, you know the do's and don'ts in entering fashion in the region or in saudi whatever and it's such a popular career for these young saudi females what uh what's your advice to them who are entering the space right now
1: well I mean, look, for me, first of all, I'd like to clarify and say that, okay. while I do focus a lot on fashion, we do a lot in terms of just creativity. So I work Mm. with filmmakers, I work with writers, I work with um, artists, especially. I mean, art has always been one of those things that really interests me. And again, I think all of those things, what they have in common is that even back then, it was a way for us to express ourselves. And I I am all about expressing, you know, self-expression. And so I think that for anyone going into any of these fields, I would say, just make sure that you're authentic because you need to be really personal in order for it to become universal. Mm-hmm. If you're just trying to like scatter around and kind of get all the markets or everything, you're not going to be authentic and people will pick up on that. You know, we're so used to that stuff now, you know, where we get sponsored ads and product placement every, you know, way we turn. Mm-hmm. And so I think for us to genuinely penetrate any type of market, it needs to be authentic
0: um patience and grit is something like i'm learning yeah. you know on uh, <laughs> on on the job um uh, you know to persevere con- to, to continue you know putting your head down and, and trusting that good things will happen in time
1: i you know i always give a spe- you know a lot of uh a lot of my friends I'm always telling them you know it's you have to wear like blinders it's like a horse you just got to focus straight and forget what's all the noise around you Mm -hmm. because it's easy to get distracted you know and and I mean like you said there's so much going on here too that you're like oh that looks good that looks good like you need to focus and and be respected for one thing I mean I get this a lot especially with Gen Z you know you look at anyone's bio it's like oh I'm a singer a dancer an artist (laughs) like I don't know you know whatever they want and they just put all these titles and it's like that's great that you collect these titles but if you become known for one thing and then get that respect it's very easy for you then to kind of experiment with other things but at least you have that that clout and i think you know that's kind of what i've done i was known for fashion and now i've been able to kind of spread my wings and do stuff and you know uh, like i said didn't and marketing or um female empowerment like Mm. anything like that yeah
0: yeah um where do you get your inspiration from what keeps you going
1: Mm. okay so I think I have ADHD. Okay, where do I get my sort? You know, I fellow think, fellow Libra, exactly, right? Exactly. <laughs> I think that for me, it's not, I get bored easily, and so that's why I started a consultancy because I was like, great, I could do whatever I want. Yeah. It's not just like one kind of company, one kind of sector. I'm able to kind of dabble in everything. Yeah. Um, but I think what I get my inspiration from is again this motivation that I've had from day one is to basically be the narrator for for this kingdom because i felt like we've always had not so great pr and this is the first time where we can actually control the story yeah and it's on our terms and so i mean i think that's what keeps me going i mean eventually i'm definitely going to retire to Ibiza. <laughs> that's my plan <laughs> anyway save me a spot exactly
0: <laughs> definitely our time so much to be excited about yeah. um thanks for sharing your story mariam um honestly oh, like you. it's 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 so cool to hear about you know what you're doing i mean you, you know i i know what you're doing through your social media um and and from what i and from what i yeah. you know hear, but it's another thing to hear it straight from you, um, you. No, uh, so i really you. appreciate you taking the time
1: No, thanks for having me and honestly like i mean we, we started from here now we're up here man yeah cool. yeah yeah <laughs>
0: started from the bottom yeah, exactly um, again thanks for taking the time is there something you want to close with did we hit on everything we wanted to hit I on i think
1: so no i just uh i mean for For anyone, and I mean, I just want to applaud you because I think this is one of the things that I think really, really matters is that, you know, telling from your point of view and having no one else censor it or edit it and just really having these raw conversations. Because the more Saudis you put out there, the more people are going to understand we have the same universal problems and we know the same uh, success stories as well. So thank you.
0: Thank you very much for your kind words. Awesome. People like you, comments like that, keep me going, keep the platform, you know, th- striving, thriving. So um, appreciate your words. Of course. Should honestly. I say
1: subscribe? Is there like something? Okay. I'd I,
0: I like to keep it organic, but hey, <laughs> you guys heard from me. <laughs>
1: subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Great again, Miriam. All Thank the you. best. Okay. Thanks so much, Yeah, We're rooting for you. Thanks. Thank you. Bye bye.